0: Well, this morning we um, we really I'd intended to continue in our study through 1 Corinthians. We have the notes. If you're on U version, you can see the notes there. Um, but I really, I really just feel like pausing that this morning, uh, that message and that series of where we're at, and we'll pick that back up in the next couple of weeks. Um, as I was going over my notes this morning for uh, for the message and just getting myself ready, even up to coming into the office. I was talking with Teresa and just saying, I'm just feeling conflicted in my heart on maybe which direction to go and just really trying to sense and hear how it is that the Holy Spirit would be leading us this morning. But I think we will jump back into 1 Corinthians in the next couple of weeks. But this morning, I want to take just a couple of minutes and share with you from a verse or passage that stood out to me yesterday morning in my devotions. So I've been reading, and I've shared often in my my reading pattern, many times I'm Reading somewhere in the Old Testament and somewhere in the New Testament and somewhere either in the Psalms or Proverbs. And in the New Testament, I'll many times take a smaller book and I'll just keep rereading it for a month or so and, and change out transla- translations and allowing God's word to really speak into my heart and into my mind. And, and I'm currently in 1st and 2nd Peter. And there's many times in 1st and 2nd Peter where the apostle is talking to his writing to those individuals, and there's so much he talks about when it comes to our frame of mind and our thinking. And what we're doing in our thinking. In 1 Peter chapter 1, he talks about tying up the loose ends of your mind and preparing your mind for action. You've heard me talk about that passage before, and it has to deal with dealing with the loose ends and the things that can easily trip us up. Another passage that comes to mind is in 2 Peter. Paul's talking about, or Peter's talking about the scriptures, and he says that they are written, they're given to stimulate us to wholesome thinking spark our minds into wholesome thinking, and that is found in, in 2 Peter, I believe it's in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. He says, I've written these as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking, and when the word that Peter uses, he talks about uh, really sunlight, something being held up to sunlight and being tested by sunlight, like a piece of paper being held up to sunlight so the sunlight could shine through it and really highlight the purity of it. And so I'll, many times I'll spend time in scripture, and I'll just say, God, I want you to examine my mind and to let your word shine through my mind and shine through my heart and really reveal yourself to me. Show me areas that, that are deficient. Show me areas that are not consistent with the nature of who you are and the things you're shaping me to be. And he'll do that. He'll consistently do that and, and show where got, allowing God's truth to shine through our lives. But yesterday where I was reading, I ended up in a verse that um, I had read somewhere else, and just following how the Holy Spirit leads, you sparked it in my mind again. And so it's found in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. This is talking about the faithfulness of God uh, to the nation of Israel and beginning to deliver them and rescue them. And there's a lot more to the context of where it's at. But the verse simply says this. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. There's just three things that sparked in my mind as I read that passage. The first one is forget, verse 18. The second one is 19, is to see. And then, then the last part is in verse 19, is to, he says, I'm making a way, or that he's, he's doing it even if we fail to see it. And the three things that God just challenged me on as I was reading that passage, and I just share it with you, and, and, uh, and really just the processings of my heart over this, even as we're here together this morning, The first one he says is to forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Is that so often you and I can spend so much of our time, so much of our thought patterns on looking backward. Looking back on what was, looking back on what was lost, looking back on what should have been, looking back on how things should be different. It's very easy in our lives to even have certain dates and days marked out that that are really remembrance points for us, but they're they're sour remembrance points. They're things that we look back on and and really dwell on, and every time that new date comes, it's it's a marker and it's a reminder to what no longer is. And so often we spend time looking back, and we look back, and the more we look back, the more we experience and relive the loss and the heaviness and the lack and everything that may have existed from whatever it was that we've encountered you may even look back on your 2020 so far and everything that's been impacted by uh, COVID-19 and all of the changes that have happened. And for some, there's many whose businesses have been drastically impacted. For others, there's their own finances that have been drastically impacted. For others, even as you're watching, perhaps you've had family members who've been deeply impacted by the virus itself and you're even walking through loss of who you've, of loved ones you've lost in this season. For others, I, I think of ones who have walked through a loss in this space where they've lost a loved one and they've not been able to adequately travel and to to grieve with family members and friends. Think of our own graduates, high school graduates, Penn State graduates, many others who don't even get to experience the graduation in the way that they've been thinking of over the last couple of years. But it's so easy to continually look back and to look at the loss and the, the history and the things of what was? But he says this. He says, "Forget the former things." And he says, "The way that we forget the former things is we choose to no longer dwell on the past. That it's recognizing the unhealthy thought patterns that we allow our minds to settle into, the unhealthy ways of thinking that we've allowed our, our minds to to go to. And many times it will begin a, begin a cycle where there's not only the the loss of the the thought of loss and the things that we've we've not experienced, but there's the feelings that go with it." There's the feelings of discouragement. There's the feelings of hopelessness. There can be a feeling of despair, a feeling perhaps even of pity or sorrow. And all of these are feelings that many times we walk through and and we experience. But he says that we forget the former things, and part of that involves do not dwelling on the past, not setting our minds to establish itself on the past. I'm not saying we just forget all that's happened and we throw out history, but he says don't dwell on it, that we don't abide in it. We don't anchor ourselves in those things that have happened. And he says the answer not only is to no longer dwell on it, but he says to see a new thing. It's to look for a new way in which God is working. See a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? So instead he says of always looking past, looking in the back, we need to begin to choose to look ahead, to look forward to look to what could be birthed out of the seasons that we've been in. Instead of looking at things as being temporary, things that have been put on hold, things that have been lost, we can look at it as being a time of transition, a time of change, a time of, of, of renewing that God can use. I have found in my own life that many times the forgetting the former things and seeing the new things involves a space and a season of cutting away. Last last week, during our pastor's roundtable, I talked about the the cycle of abiding and pruning and fruitfulness out of John 15 and how those were all very much interconnected. And I found personally in my own life, just in my own journey individually, as well as in my family and in ministry and so many things, that the, the journey of forgetting the former things and seeing the new things involves a season of cutting away and things being removed, things being pulled out that are no longer really meant to be a part of who I'm becoming. One of the things that I've found to be true about who God is is that he is completely committed to the process of growing us up. God is completely committed to the process of growing you up, of growing up your faith, growing up your, your journey, your trust in him, just growing up who you are, the, the level of maturity, something we've talked about in this series. but He's completely committed to that maturing process in you. And part of that involves seeing things, things that we've chosen to dwell on, things that we've held on to that are not consistent with where he's leading us. And the only way that he can get us to lead out of those things is to cut them away or to remove them off. And so it's to recognize that that God's desire is not to just leave us where we've been, but to help us recognize how he's working. And so the best thing I would encourage you with in this whole season that we've been in and where we're headed as a church family and where you're headed individually, a lot of where you're headed individually in your faith has to do with how much of the forgetting the former and seeing the new thing that you choose to, to recognize. I think the best way to consider it would be to not waste the season, to not waste the space that you've, in, you've been in, to not waste any pain or waste any tragedy or, or waste any, anything that may have been produced in this space. And it's so easy to look at all that maybe did not happen the way we wanted it to, but instead look ahead and look at how God is birthing and what he's producing in it. He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And then he says this, the third thing he says, it says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Not only does he say, quit looking back, but he says, it's time to look ahead. And then he says this, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. In other words, he says, he's doing it even if you fail to see it. That he's at work even if you fail to see it. My wife, um, a couple of, maybe a week or so ago, she woke up and she shared with me that Psalm 77 had been on her heart in a specific verse out of Psalm 77. But if you look in Psalm 77, verse 19, the psalmist says this, it's talking about God's faithfulness and, and the, the psalmist's intentional choice to not just grieve the past, but to look ahead with hope and, and to look ahead with anticipation of how God was working he says this in verse 11, he says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. He says, I will meditate on your mighty deeds, this choice to look ahead. But then in verse 19, he says, your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, even though your footprints were not seen. And it's this realization that even in the midst of where you're at, even well, you feel like your life might be falling apart, you may feel like things in your life are not being, prayers in your life are not being answered. Things are not changing. Things aren't happening at the pace you'd like to see them. It says that even though you don't realize it, that God's footprints are still there. Even though you might not see it, he's still at work, he's still moving, and he's still God in the midst of it. So that's why he says in Isaiah 43, he says, I'm making a way in the wilderness, that he's doing it even if we fail to see it. But I want you to notice where he says he's making the way. He says he's making the way in the wilderness. That reminds me so much of, Joshua, when God brought Joshua and the Israelites to the edge of the promised land, Joshua had just replaced Moses as Father, the nation's we are so leader. thankful for the opportunity. And they were right at this place, on this brink of going in and, and beginning to possess all the promises that God had, stored, had promised them and all the promises that had been in, in waiting for them. But Joshua came to a place as he's standing there, and this is in Joshua chapter 1. God begins to talk to Joshua, and he says this in verse 2. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. And then listen to this part of the promise. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and to the great valleys. And then he goes on, and he begins to, to lead them through. But he says, there's the promise, There's where I'm leading you. This is what I'm doing. But we still got to start here in the desert. It's going to take one step here and another step here and another step here. And before long, you're going to be standing in the full promise and the provision that I've had for you. But it began with a willingness to see what I was doing, even when you couldn't fully see it. And so I just encourage you this morning, friends, where you're at. What is there in your life that perhaps in this space as we're we see our community moving to green. I've just shared about the church getting ready to reopen and, and all of these things and signs of life that are happening. Don't let your life just slip back to normal the way it was before everything happened. Take time to look now in your life and where is it that you're looking back that you need to stop looking back? Where are the thought patterns, the things that are holding on to what was or, or maybe in a just unhealthy thought patterns that, that involve looking back and dwelling on things that you can no longer control? Secondly, where in your life do you need to look ahead? Where are the things that God is trying to lead you to and involves a cutting away and it involves a a dealing with difficult things, it involves transition and change, it involves not letting this season be wasted, but it's a willingness to look ahead. And then the third thing is, how is it that God's trying to make a way in the midst of your wilderness? What are the little details, the little things that God's at work in that you've, cho- that you've overlooked, you've not seen it, you've not perceived it, but he's still at work? And I just encourage you in this this morning, friends, to take time to look and, and to look deeply at what, what God is doing. And I want you to, the, the other part of what I was reading in Isaiah, and this is where I want to end. And I'm going to invite, can the worship team go ahead and begin to come and ready themselves? I'm going to ask the worship team. They're going to lead us in one more song, and then we're going to close in prayer. And this is in Isaiah 44, so the very next chapter, continuation of of this promise of restoration and wholeness and direction that God is giving the nation of Israel and really speaking to us. But he speaks this promise over the future. He says, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants, and they will spring up like grass in the meadows, like popular trees in the flowing streams." that he says, even in that most thirsty place, I'm gonna pour out my spirit and there's a blessing of provision, there's a blessing of fruitfulness, there's a blessing of future. And I just believe that for many watching this morning, that God wants you to hear and he wants you to know that there is a blessing for the future as you continue to look to him in the now and begin to perceive even now how it is that he's at work in your life.